Hello and welcome to United Bias. Today it's uh, myself, Kiran Chetty, and I'm joined by Ruben Cronier. Hey Ruben, it's been a, been a minute. Hey Kiran, yeah, I mean a nice little Christmas break for all of us. Um, I think uh, perhaps uh, if, if some results had been a little more friendly over the Christmas period, we might have been a little happier. Uh, but nevertheless, nice to be all fresh and, and uh, ready to fire for January. Yeah, it's good to it's good to be back. Obviously, tons of football over the busy festive period, but also tons of social stuff happening in all our lives. In fact, we couldn't get we just could not get the three of us together for a number of reasons over the last few weeks, and we just said, you know what, let's just go ahead and record, even though we are poor slides. Are, well, not poor, but poor us, I guess, because slides away at Cape Town for the week. Yeah, so, nice for him. But yeah, I, I did the typical Johannesburger thing and went down to the coast for uh, for the holidays. And you guys said up here now slides. Gone to the city of fame and fortune in Cape Town, yeah. Yeah, so back at it, and we thought what we'd do is, instead of the usual, we'll do, we we want to do a mid-season review today. So have a look at the first half of the season, really, see what stood out to us, and revisit some of the predictions we made at the beginning of the season, uh, which some of them are pretty good, uh, as you'll find out, but others not so good, hey, Ruben. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, off the mark. Uh, well, look, it's been a surprising season, hasn't it? Uh, I don't think you can strictly blame us for some of the underperforming or overperforming teams. It was a, a really difficult one to, to pin, your, pin your badge on for that. Yeah, and I think let's just start off quickly. and we, Just if you're looking at the actual Premier League table, I think we need to make a little bit of an assumption. You know, of course, as things stand, uh, all, all teams have played 20 games with the exception of Man City, Brentford, Luton, and Bournemouth. There were a couple of postponed games for various reasons. Uh, Man City's was against uh, Luton, Luton Town. So I, I think just looking at the top four uh, race, as it were, Ruben, you've got Liverpool in first currently, uh, Villa second, Man City with a game in hand in third, Arsenal in fourth, Tottenham fifth, one point behind. Very interesting top four race we've got here. And of course, I think... It's a fair assumption, although points are never in the bag. Man City probably beat probably beat Luton in their game in hand and move up to second place. So for the purpose of this exercise, let's just consider Man City having 43 points. Um, second place, so you'd have Liverpool 45, City 43, Villa 42, Arsenal 40, and Spurs on, on 39. Are we in agreement to that? Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption to make. Uh, as much as Luton have put in some pretty good performances they haven't necessarily got the results against the big teams uh so i i just can't see it happening uh that they pull one over city okay so so with that being said of course you know uh, just to i guess get this get the ball rolling a little bit here some of the standouts of course liverpool top of the top of the pile heading into uh well 20 games into the season yeah i i think we you know i mean obviously when we're sitting and trying to pontificate on this we thought that uh liverpool did come into the season with good form from the season before. I think it is surprising me, certainly, just, just how much they've managed to rejuvenate themselves. Uh, you know, And I, I think in a season where everyone has struggled for consistency, I, I think they've probably had the, the shortest of the poor periods. You know, every team this season has had a you know, fairly extended run of games where they just haven't been able to buy a result, and that's literally been applied across the board. And Liverpool, yes, they even even they also have suffered that, but I think they've they've kind of kept that to a minimum the most. So I think that's almost the, what defines why they're at the top is they've been you know they've suffered the least when it comes to bad runs of of performances. Yeah, and there's a couple of things that that stand out for Liverpool for me. One of the things that you always hear or 
going into the season, people said, oh, Liverpool's defence is a bit shaky, but they yeah. score tons of goals. Which is, I guess, kind of true. However, 20 games in, they've got the meanest defence in the league somehow. Like, I'm struggling to understand how this is possible because when you watch them, they don't look rock solid, but somehow mm. they're not conceding goals. I mean, they conceded 18 goals so far, the meanest defence in the league. Um, you know, and, and still scoring, still what we expect. The second highest scorers in the league, I guess, tied with Villa, second highest scorers in the league. That's the thing that stood out um, uh, to me with Liverpool. The thing that surprised me the most is just how they've managed to, I guess, integrate this new midfield of uh, Sabuzlai, who we had questions about. Like, you know, he's used to playing a 10, he's used to playing wide right, wide left. Suddenly yeah. he's playing in this deeper midfield role uh, as an 8 and looks fantastic. And, you know, the integration of him, McAllister's been okay. Um, you know, really a whole new midfield as gelled and as, you know, as luck would have it for them, the top of the table. Even taking into account that, if you want to call it that robbery earlier in the season against Tottenham, where they had that goal, VAR uh, disallowed that Diaz goal, if I'm not mistaken, where they would have been, uh, you know, two on up or whatever the case is. So Liverpool fans probably feel have a reason to be really optimistic at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they've certainly, I think you've kind of nailed it that they managed to really get that midfield gelling. And I think the games where, you know, we, we did discuss this a couple of pods ago, the, the games where they've been shut down, it's actually been where people managed to combat with them in, in the middle of the field. You know, we know that obviously your your guys like your Mo Salah is able to to create very effectively, but we've also seen that uh, really the, the beating heart of that team now is this kind of rejuvenated midfield. You know, so and I think they they've done really well, and and I think that's probably the unexpected aspect. Of course, you can look at some other things like you know Virgil van Dijk. I, I think we probably all thought his best years were behind him, uh, but he's certainly kind of uh, you know back to being the the kind of you know rock at the back um, that, that that you know see you know saw him you know be the most heralded defender. Some said better than Rio Ferdinand, <laughs> um, you know, at a, at a certain point in time. Uh, yeah, so I th- but uh, yeah, I, I think a good yeah you know a good transfer window that sort of translated into a good rest of the season. Listen, mate, there were points uh, a season or two when he came back from injury where I didn't think he was better than Anton Ferdinand, better than Rio Ferdinand. So anyway, did um, I ever tell you I saw uh, saw uh, Anton Ferdinand play for uh, man? What was it? South End FC in like League One once. No, uh, no, you didn't mention yeah. the story. Yeah, I went, I went to go, he was obviously in his, also by, by then a lot older and, and so had dropped down a couple of couple of leagues and uh, I was staying with some family friends and one of them was a South End FC diehard uh, and took me through to, to watch the game. So yeah, I so, saw him in action. So we can see where Van Dijk's going to be playing in a few years' time, so what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, li- listen, I mean, who knows uh, if, <laughs> if we'll be treated to the, the delights of Van Dijk in the lower leagues. Okay, so Liverpool... The A-plus uh, scorecard so far. Let's go on to Man City. Man City, based on our, uh, our, I guess, our adjustment, two points off the pace. Season to date, have not had their best player in Kevin De Bruyne at all. He's just come back, so you'll be ready for the second half of the season. Haaland's been missing a little bit now, the last little period, getting injured in December. Of course, they missed Rodri for quite a few games, and there's also this bizarre statistic where ever like, Rodri's injured, City just crumble they fall yeah. to pieces because you know uh, he's that important to them but they're two points behind Liverpool without really getting firing looking not looking ominous at all we should be afraid shouldn't we the whole league should be afraid because you just know it's it's around the corner where De Bruyne comes in and somehow this whole thing clicks surely 
Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you're absolutely right that, that nobody, uh, well, you know, the narrative, if you want to call it that, of the last few weeks was like, oh, yeah, I mean, City, look how vulnerable they looked and they were kind of dropping down. I think they're sitting fourth on the table at a point. But I, I think it just goes to show you what the volatility of this season looks like. It, uh, you know, it, it just took City kind of two weeks, really, of positive results. Um, and that's without even, as you said, De Bruyne, uh, being back to now suddenly looking like they're they're right on the heels of of the chase and in fact that's a place where they really like to be they like to be a point or two behind uh, running into sort of January uh, you know because you know th- that pressure is often you know as we've seen has made a lot of teams uh, kind of uh, crumble it's almost what you know Ferguson teams of eras past did is, is sort of come out of the December break and and then uh, power forward so yeah I, I think it is strange that you know for for all you know the way people have been describing their performances and and to be honest i mean there is some truth to it they haven't looked great and they've had you know if unlike other seasons i mean if you looked at their points total now they'd be looking at an 80 odd uh, point season um you know so I, I i think they're definitely not as good as they have been but uh, but that said you wouldn't write them off uh, yeah, to win yeah and, and that's something we pointed out at the beginning of the season hmm. uh, we spoke about losing you know are they being a bit silly uh, losing yeah. mares and gunagan like yeah. you know two fantastic players and we felt like they weren't adequately replaced at the yes, time yes and and so you lose that depth and there is something to be said so maybe that explains a little bit of the drop off but I think there's a, that's a trend across this top four, five, six clubs in the league, or even going mm. further down. All of them look a bit shaky and look, you know, whether it's mm. Arsenal not scoring goals, Tottenham with their defensive frailties at time, well, Manchester United mm. being a disaster, Chelsea being Chelsea a disaster. disaster so, so, yeah. so everyone seems to have some sort of frailties uh, across the board. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, where City, um, how City end up. Next up on the list will be Villa. Now, of course, huge overperformance. Uh, by yeah. Una Emery's men they're continuing their form from the first the second half of last season where they had this tremendous run I mean just fantastic job done by Una Emery and his team playing that crazy high line and mm. seemingly Manchester United the only one seem, out of all the big teams seeming to be able to punish Villa somehow for that high line yeah and I mean it's funny I mean the, the couple of I mean that really clutch couple of games where they pulled off results was a consecutive weeks against uh Arsenal and and City was it or even Arsenal City and Liverpool I forget that they had a, a a tough run of a few big teams in a row and I think they didn't even concede goals you yeah know? they beat all yeah. of them yeah yeah they beat all of them and and not in in kind not you know in like four three thrillers or something like that they actually actually managed to, even with as you say this this high line they they, they went caught napping and I mean we've all seen the stats as to how often they were catching teams. Uh, offsides, you know, which is it's just been like a hallmark of, of their season is is that they are catching teams offsides, you know, some like well into the double figures sometimes in a in a game, you know. And, and if I recall correctly, Sun had three offside, three goals yeah. ruled offside, so yeah, the, yeah. the trap worked super effectively. Because I, I thought, you know, if anyone's mm. going to murder you, yeah, that's the guy, right? The, 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 yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, best the, transition exactly, guy. You've said it before, yeah, yeah. The best transition player, and and I mean. Uh, <laughs> You know, ironically, I mean, obviously, we know Eric Ten Hag, Ten Hag has said he wants Man United to be the best transition team. And uh, if I if I remember the game, the, the Villa Man United game, the, the first half they again were just catching uh, United offsides almost continuously, and and then just somehow actually managing to uh, to, to pull off a couple of scores on on sort of quick moves. Um, you know, it's going to happen to you though. You know, occasionally you play a high line, sometimes someone beats your trap. So. 
Yeah. So, so all in all, excellent job by by Villa. I think the some of the standouts being like Paul Ter- Torres and his yes. his integration into the team has been seamless. Mm. Diaby started off really hot, and then he sort of he sort of fell off, and then. Bailey came back into the team mm. and Bailey started firing and you know yeah uh, I mean Ollie Watkins is, yeah. I mean bags of I think goals and assists he's, he's bagging them all if I remember the stats correctly so yeah I mean it's it's literally been uh, you know I mean not a team of superstars by any means uh, and you know it was just all the more impressive I mean wasn't it since Unai's taken over he is like second overall yeah, yeah. So something statistic like that and, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see how far they can take this of course mm. I don't think anyone expects them I don't think to, to, to contend for the league but they've got a very real chance now of mm. getting into the Champions League places for next year yeah I, I think they're a very good shout but you know I mean you say they, they're probably not going to win the league and, and true but I mean the, the results I mean they've got good results against the top teams you know it's, it's not like they've uh, filled their boots uh, against the lower teams and they're going to get unstuck as soon as they come against you know stern opposition they've done it against the big teams I, I and think, man united yeah and I, and I, <laughs> I, I think their, their form has been away from home has been slightly an issue their mm. home form has been almost yes, impenetrable yeah. and it's just mm. away from home where they have seem to have you know drop points whether it's a draw or but defeat. it's the kind of season where i think you can get away with it if, right. if there is a season you know if we're talking um uh, maybe 88 89 90 points being enough you know that's kind of you don't have to be yeah. perfect away from home to get, you know, that kind of points total. Right. So, okay. Villa, so far, so good. A plus, <laughs> I yeah. guess, performance from yes. them. Next up is... Uh, Wait, what did we rate City? Did we actually give them a rating? No, we didn't. B plus? B minus. B minus. We said, hey, really City. It's City. City. <laughs> trouble winners, they should be yeah. far ahead. Okay. Um, next up, Arsenal. The Arsenal, uh, fourth place on um, 40 points. Five points off the top. Of course... St- they had a strong start, but yes. all of a sudden they've had this wobble across all competitions. Where I think it's it's one win, it's one win in five in the Premier League. It's with mm. three losses and a draw, yeah. um, and of course yeah, being dumped, dumped out, out of the FA Cup, FA yeah. Cup mm. as well. Mm. Um, where you're seeing a trend of them sort of dominating the ball, creating lots of chances, but failing to score. Now a number of reasons can be attributed to that. One of them mm. being the two wide players, Martinelli, Saka, and then Odegaard last season, really, mm. we spoke about this in our preview. I think yeah, you, goals you, spread across the... Yeah, yeah, and you brought up the point mm. about how they were, I think, uh, overperforming XG by mm. a substantial margin. And it's mm. not sustainable. Unless your yeah. name is Hyungman Son, Leo Messi, you know, these particular types of guys who do it season after season, mm. Eric Holl- uh, Erling Holland, guys who um, outperform XG... It's not sustainable. And yeah. it's proving that. I think Martinelli's got two goals this season. Mm. Saka's most yeah, of his Saka's, goals yeah, from, from penalties. Mm-hmm. Got a bunch mm-hmm. of penalty goals. Mm-hmm. Odegaard's dropped off. So the creativity is there. And it's almost reminding me a little bit like a more... A high-budget version of, of Graham Potter's Bri- uh, Brighton, if you will. Where <laughs> they used to play some pretty stuff. Yeah. Dominate the ball. Create lots of chances. High XG, but just couldn't get it over the line. So that seems to be the trend for Arsenal. Obviously, a lot of expectation... Some people back them to maybe push for the league title this year. How, you know, what's what do you see happening with Arsenal for the rest of the season? And how do you explain this, I guess, this phenomenon? Is it as simple as they overperformed XG and, well, the chickens are coming a little home to roost, so to speak? Uh, you know, I mean, I, when I think about uh, Arsenal's season, I, I mean, I, I guess what, what sort of comes up or springs to my mind is, is obviously the... You know, two fairly big name transfers with with Kai Havertz and and Declan Rice, right? Or maybe not big name, but but certainly ones that 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 you know, if you spoke to Arsenal fans, that they, they thought it was gonna you know, 
be this transformative thing and it really hasn't ended up like that although, although rice has been fantastic yeah yeah it, it, it has but then you know i, I mean it, it always sort of begs the question well rice has been fantastic but then what's you know maybe what's changed has he changed something in how they play that's making everyone else around him not as good you know, i don't know what it is but like so you, if you've got in a hundred millions player and you say he's playing fantastically well well then what's the issue i, th- I think the issue is Xhaka. not yeah. having Xhaka. And, Jack, and which is what Kai Havertz is supposed to now be ish playing. But the right? thing is, like, Jacker was a, you know, the, the, the guy who, as, as the Brazilians would call, the guy who carries the piano. <laughs> you know, so yeah, the artist yeah. can play. Mm. And Jaka did that, and mm. Havertz doesn't do that. No. So Havertz is playing the position in a very different way as this, like... He is. I mean, he had, like, two good games, and suddenly everyone was like, oh, okay, now it looks like a genius move. And I think he's kind of reverted back again to, to kind of the, the floating around, not quite sure what he does player that we said at the start of the season we, we worry about, you know? Yeah, so, uh, again, purely speculative, but in my, in my mind, maybe a bit of Jaka missing. Someone, again, to do the hard work, because in, mm. in essence, last year you had... You had Party playing a lot of the time and Xhaka. Mm. So you had these two hardworking guys that would shuttle, mm. would do everything. Now it's almost like man alone more often mm. than not with, with He's Rice. almost, you know, Xhaka is, is Man City's Gundogan, I guess. Oh, you mean Arsenal? I mean, Arsenal's Gundogan. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He's, yeah I, sorry, was, sorry, I was, gonna, sorry, I was gonna say, yeah. I was actually going to say, is, I thought you were going to go with, isn't he uh, Arsenal's Fred? <laughs> I mean, good Fred. You know when Fred's good. Yeah, yeah. When you flip a coin, Fred, and, and you get heads. Yeah, and he's yeah. and he's running up mm. and down. He's doing all the work. I, I think he does a lot of the donkey work that goes unnoticed, and I think that's a part of why they they are failing this season. Also, you know, but I mean, is Rice not supposed to have been so Mister Fantastic at the donkey work that that he's covering that? I think you know? he can do everything though. Yeah. I, I think he's good. I think you don't want to play like Rice just sitting deep, and you know, you want him to get up and down the pitch. Mm. You know, um, anyway, I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying it's purely Xhaka, but I think that's a large part of it. I also think that their, their lack of a clinical uh, finisher is obviously uh, tricky. Mm. And they, uh, the way they play, they suit a player who can both link up play and score goals. Mm. Now, of course, Harry Kane is, is, is the, you know, the, actu- the absolute sure, summit of that player, right? right? That's yeah, the unicorn. Yeah. But there are other players that they could have went after mm. that full, fulfill that, that sort of function, mm. you know, that are almost as creative as Jesus, but maybe more clinical, like maybe like a Watkins, for example, mm. you know, might have been someone yeah, that, sure, that, that could have helped them take their game to the next level. Mm. But anyway, here we go. Arsenal, very precarious. I mean, all the money uh, Mikel Alteta spent over the seasons, let's not forget, he's won one FA Cup in his opening season. And that was, you know, he joined halfway through the season. Really, mm. it was uh, or the second half of the season. It was Una Emery's team. Yeah. He's completely transformed the team. One of the biggest spenders in the league over that period. Mm. And I think his job will be in jeopardy if they don't have a strong finish to the season. Because you surely can't be like, well, it's good enough to spend the amount of money that they're doing without seeing tangible progress. Look, I don't think... I mean, if he gets a top four finish, I mean, he's, I, I doubt getting getting bumped off um, I mean are you talking if he doesn't make the Champions League places his job's at risk I, I think I think I, I mean I think so I, I, I even if they don't make a substantial push for the title I, I think I'd, if I was a shareholder I'd be sitting and questioning what, what are we doing here yeah because well look I mean they pulled the trigger on Unai Emery you know very quickly relatively so right, yeah. he, let's, let's think about this hmm. Arteta 8th place finish opening season 2nd season 8th place finish the third season, if I'm not mistaken, he bottled the, the Champions League places. They were there the entire time and then they got pipped by Spurs at the end and finished mm. uh, 
uh, fifth. Last season, they were in pole position for the league title. They did exceptionally well. Yeah, and threw away, what, an eight-point league? Something like that? Not many games to go, yeah. Finished second. Mm. And now this season, if you're not even in the conversation, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, that's our, I think <laughs> our, our tasty uh, take on Arsenal for... for uh, okay, I'll test it out, sure. I'll test it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, uh, rating, rating. I, I'm going to give them a, a flat B because I didn't have massive expectations. I mean, you know, I wasn't that hot on Arsenal, I don't think. Uh, you know, at the start of the season, I thought last season was an overperformance. So I'm just going to give it a B. I think this is probably more like, this is just Arsenal doing Arsenal, right? I, I'd i say with the money spent and the expectation and off the base, which they were with last year, not not necessarily what I thought they would do, mm. but the general public perception of them being the, the strongest contenders to Man City, because that, that is the narrative going around. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I, I think Arsenal gets a C- minus if I'm being generous. Right. Anyway, heavy times for Mikel Arteta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know he he, can't, he doesn't go to sleep at night thinking about these ratings that we are about to give him. <laughs> um, next up, staying in North London, Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur with our man Big Ange, Ange Postecoglou, one point behind Arsenal. Now, thirty-nine points, breathing down the neck of Arsenal, City, etc. After their fantastic start to the season, I think some context is also important here. <laughs> this season they've been they started off exceptionally well until injuries have just mm. absolutely ruined right, the season yes, right no, I mean they're currently missing both centre-backs in Van der Ven and Romero they don't really have depth they've been playing they've been playing two uh, two full-backs in uh, Davies and Royal Emerson Royal and central defence and somehow scraping by they've been without Basuma because he got two red cards mm. so far this season yeah. and now he's in AFCON Saar's in AFCON Madison's been out for the last few months Son has gone to the Asia Cup. They're missing a spine of the team. And somehow, Ange, who took over this dysfunctional team, has them playing entertaining football, yeah. super and, creative. And they had a wobble, for sure. Yes. Um, you know, initially they were the darlings of, of everyone who said, okay, yeah, look, they, you know, to a degree that I think we had no expectation of kind of transform their team and, and with players in, in odd positions and, and kind of using players very inventively and, and even not... You know, as we discussed, he wasn't sticking strictly to his Ange Ball style. He was kind of using more traditional wild player, wide players, sometimes Sun uh, up top. Uh, you know, like he's, he's done a, quite a lot of different things. And, and despite that wobble, which I think was a very understandable one, and we even said he was still playing really well in, in some of those performances. Um, and then suddenly he's picked back up again with, I think it's four wins and five, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's, honestly, with the tools at his disposal, you know, I mean, he... He makes, when you look at, you know, how Newcastle is performing with a lot of missing players or a Man United performing with a lot of missing players and, and you say, okay, it's ju- that's justified. I, I think the fact that he's done how he has done is, is really an enormous credit to him. Uh, yeah. So Tottenham Hotspur and Ange, you, a lot of credit, uh, I think, for both of us. I think we mm. were a fan of Ange and what he's achieved there and the way they play football. Really interested to see mm. how they will go now. If they can get some of these players back in, in short order, mm. um, Van der Ven, Madison in particular, mm. Romero might all be back within a month. And then all the AFCON and Asia Cup guys return. Mm. Mm. I think Feb onwards could be a really interesting time to see what, what happens with Tottenham. Mm. And they could really pressure Arsenal and the like yeah. for that Champions League spot. It'll be interesting. I mean, look, they've had a kind run of late, right? I mean, of those four recent wins, I mean, we're talking Burnley... 
um, at home, Bournemouth at home, uh, Forest away, but I mean, Forest have been fairly poor this season generally. Uh, you know, Everton, they were at home. I mean, a good Everton team, sure. Um, you know, and then the loss to Brighton. So, you know, I mean, I, I think maybe he's, he's had a bit of a lucky schedule to kind of try and find his feet again. But, you know, I mean, if we talk, okay, I mean, I think it'll be a big test, the United game coming up. Is that, uh, an easy, is, that a, is that an easy run continuing or is this a, a tough fixture? What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah. I mean, so, so after United, his, his schedule suddenly starts getting a lot tougher with City, Brentford uh, and, and Everton uh, and Spurs, uh, sorry, and Brighton again. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's a testing period coming up, whichever way you slice it. Um, and I, I think that's going to truly tell us whether, um, you know, it was a bit of a new manager bounce and, and a bit of everyone getting excited about Ange ball or if it's kind of is more sustainable okay uh, I think I think I think that's it for the sort of Champions League uh, Champions League race and we don't anticipate uh, West Ham is not in there I mean, I, I mean but just to quickly touch on them West Ham tremendous job uh, 34 mm. points uh, yeah. in 6th place David Moyes doing a fantastic job also smashing it in the Europa League Brighton in 7th place on 31 points also struggled with a lot of injuries this term yes. and the schedule of the Europa the Europa Conference League or the yes, Europa League yeah, yeah, Europa Conference, Conference League, Conference League yeah. also struggling with that so mm. I guess good performance or fine fine to good performance depending on how you want to look at it I mean we thought they'd be doing better didn't they yes didn't yeah. I think we, we underestimated the impact of Europe and then of course you can't affect in the injuries that they've had as well so they've had a poor run with injuries sure but still okay if you consider the next three big failures that are up on the list manchester united in eighth newcastle in ninth chelsea in tenth so newcastle and manchester united both have had significant injury wobbles this season uh, manchester united just a disaster the unmitigated disaster i think there's, there's no two ways about it yeah i, I th- it's the kind of season that, that, or the form, that has had many managers sacked. I mean, I, I, we've seen the stats. This was about what Moyes' season looked like when he got sacked. It was a, similar to Mourinho's season when he got sacked. Even Ali's season, you know. So I, I think he certainly got a lot of credit probably for, uh, I mean, Ten Hag now I'm talking, for, for last season, you know, which was, I think, very, you know, overall a very credible season. Uh, but yeah, and obviously I, th- I think the board is giving him a lot of credit for the injuries. And and to be honest, it's injuries, you know, I mean, uh, the stats have been doing the rounds of, of late as to which teams have had the most injuries and which teams, uh, you know, have had the most days worth of injuries. And United's up there as, as is Newcastle, as is Chelsea. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think you could argue that, that possibly United's had the most key injuries possibly of those three teams. Um you know, yes. guys like like Lissandra Martinez, who who were transformative last season, being absent for a lot of it. Casemiro, also transformative. You know, it's those kind of guys who, who fundamentally have shifted the way we play as a team that, that, that have been missing. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. And I've also, I think I've been consistent throughout this period where I've said, I'm not going to criticize the manager when you've got this injury crisis that's been going on. Mm-hmm. And I've I kept on equating it to Liverpool last season. Yeah, and how everyone came back, sort of Jan Feb time, and they just went on this run and smashed everyone, and it's continued uh, all the way till now. Mm. However, I will offer this: if you look, if you look at North London, you look at Tottenham. Ange has had arguably even more critical players uh, out uh, for the season or yes. most of the season with with inferior backups. I mean, at Manchester United, you're talking about Lissandro Martinez not being there. And, and Harry Maguire not being there, etc. 
But you've got... You've got Rafael Varane. You've got Rafael Varane. I mean, I I would guess uh, Victor Lindelof probably is... I mean, how much was his transfer versus who's sticking... You know, who's supposed to be... Uh, stepping in at, at Spurs with the troll, you know, Ben Davies, as you said, uh, coming in at centre-back. So, uh, I mean, look, I, I will concede that point, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and th- that's partly why I said earlier, I think Ange has done exceptionally well. Um, and, and it's more than that. Point. It's more than just doing well. It's about having a principle and a style of play and more or less sticking to that style of play. Mm. With Ange, there's a very clear identity. Yes. Where with Ten Hag, he's gone, he's gone away from this, more often than not, gone away from what we expect Ten Hag ball to be and is doing I don't know I don't know what he's doing mm. he's doing not creating chances mm. and creating lots of chances football that's what he's doing yeah it's it's a bizarre mishmash and then we see a game like uh, the Liverpool 0-0 game you know and, and then that's just a complete departure and I mean I guess I think that was necessary yes as a result. park the bus yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. park the bus I, I think a loss there I, I do think I mean he could well have been out there um you know especially with it, it following pretty close on the heels of the champions league exit uh if i remember correctly and you know what the crazy part is like we're overperforming xg manchester united are overperforming yeah, yeah. and expected yeah, points. x points and xg united should, yeah, yeah if, if, if we're true to form so to speak we'd be lower down the table the bottom half of the table which is an indictment so united disaster newcastle similar injury problems they've also had the tough champions league to the toughest champions league mm. group to contend with so hasn't gone well for them. And then Chelsea, which I think I said at the beginning of the season, I think it's going to be a mess. Imbalanced squad, lots yeah. of kids. So there you are. That's the, that, those are the big talking points. I think let's quickly revisit some of these predictions because uh, there's some oh, good ones. and there's some egg on a lot of faces here. Yeah. There will be. There will be. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Slide. Let's start with Slide because he's always entertaining. Top four, Slide said, win champions Arsenal. Second City, third United, fourth Spurs. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say about, sl- about Slide's uh, prediction, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we thought the Arsenal shot was a crazy shot. Yeah. Um, in, in essence, I guess City in the right position. United are nowhere need to be seen. Mm. And he's kind of close about Spurs somehow. He kind yeah, of Spurs are in the argument, sure. I always feel like he's got City there for the wrong reason, though, right? He, yes, he pinned them for second, but he didn't pick why. I think he thought they'd be second because Arsenal were going to be, like, amazing and running out ahead up front. Not that, like, City kind of sucked for a while, especially with, like, you know, Rodri absent for uh, some crucial games, uh, De Bruyne out, and, and then kind of have a stumbling recovery. I, that's not... <laughs> What's, I, I want to say Slide got it right for the wrong reasons. I mean, I'm being harsh because he's not here to by, defend himself. By hook or by crook, Slide got, got City right. But yeah, I mean, uh, the rest of it... And sure, yeah, Liverpool absent. And I mean, like, Villa was, would have been a big call to... Yeah, to, the rest of yeah, it complete, but yeah, yeah. completely mm-hmm. wrong. So Slide, mm-hmm. yeah, not not looking too good for you. Uh, aren't you your predictions, Ruben? Oh, you, you had you had Brighton in fourth. Yeah, I was bullish. You had, you had Brighton bullish. in fourth. You were, you were high on the Deserby juice... You were like, I, yeah, I thought freed of the the shackles of that donkey Moises Caicedo. Uh, they were going to, you know, storm into a bright new future, uh, a João Pedro fired future. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, look, we've explained why they w- have disappointed this season. So, so to recap, Ruben, you've got no one, no in, in order, no one correct. So you've got wonderful Brighton fourth, Arsenal third, the one down, United second, United are nowhere, and City in first position. So, mm. I mean, if we were going to be generous and say out of the top four, how many do you correct you have? You had two. Sure. And I guess... And no one in the correct position, yeah. No one in the correct position. Similar to our friend Slide. 
Mm. And and you could argue that your Brighton fourth shot, uh, 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 shot is as crazy as Arsenal first shot from slide. It was a bit, of, yeah. Look, it was a wild pick, uh, as you say. I, I mean, maybe maybe I, I wanted to be that you know that guy who put the bet on Leicester at you know five thousand to one to win the Premier League. You know, everyone wants to to get that wild pick correct. Okay, and then there's a really s- smart, handsome man. That was, you know, had a lot of accurate things is, in his Is the smart, handsome man in the room with us right now? <laughs> he, he very much, he, he very much is. Um, um, so, so my predictions were, were like this. And, and if you remember the episode, what I said, I said, I said that City are favourites, but I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool win the league. If they yeah. sort out their midfield, mm. I expect them to continue their form, and I expect them, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win the yeah. league. No, so no, it was, and it was solid logic. It was solid logic. And and so my top three, my top three were uh, City, Liverpool, Arsenal. So okay, little almost, bit, yeah. little bit, little bit rest up. I had United at fourth. Maybe mm. the you know again injuries. We 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 all get a pass for that. So I had three of the top four correct. Maybe positions slightly awry, but you know they're in there yeah, about first and second. Bang on. Yeah, yeah, they're in there about. After the relegation places, and again, uh, we all had Sheffield United going down. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no no uh, great uh, surprises there. And you had Luton down, again, yeah. spot on. And then, how dare you, sir? You had Everton down. You had Everton going down. Everton you down. Had Everton I down. saw that 10-point deduction coming <laughs> with my, you know... Were you hoping for a 20-point <laughs> deduction? I, in fact, what a, yeah, how could the league have given only a 10-point deduction? <laughs> so, shame, sir. Shame for you. That that teaches you never to go against the ginger Mourinho. Um, so, so, Everton, a little bit off the mark. They're, then slightly... Did I not say Wolves? You said Wolves initially, then you changed it to Everton. Ah, yeah, okay. that was it. And Either then way wrong. <laughs> Slide had had Sheffield, correct. Mm. Burnley, correct. And then he, somehow he had Luton to stay up, and he had Wolves to go down. Which, remember at the time, there was a lot of turmoil with Wolves. Lovatecki yeah. quit. They sold some of their best players. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then... So, oh, I understand the pick. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah uh, as I say, I... I I think I must have debated myself out of Wolves, but I, right. I, I did think they were a good shot. Oh, however, Wolves are, I think, 11th and flying under Gary Sure, Oliver, yeah, and probably a netto kind of fired Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and sure. and, uh, and uh, what's the other bloke, uh, He Chang from uh, hmm. Korea, also firing them. Then And there's another, again, the smart, handsome man has uh, Burnley, Sheffield, United, and and, uh, and Luton all going down. Wow, so, so I got three that from right. three there, yeah. I got okay. three from three. So, hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, can I'll, we talk about uh, Luton though? Because I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I caveated it and said Luton with like a record low points total, and I mean they're currently sitting on uh, 15 points. Uh, you know, from 19 uh, games, I, that's more than I expected. You know, and and they you could actually call them unlucky on a couple of those results, right? I mean, I think they were unlucky not to pull off a point uh, against Liverpool, uh, even against City. I think they scored first, so you know I, I, I'm quite surprised. Uh, they've certainly been better than I expected but by a, a long shot. Um, I still think they'll probably end up going down, but you know certainly not you know collapsing in a heap like uh, like I thought would happen. Yeah, agreed. Okay, uh, on to our, our mid-season uh, some of the awards. Dickhead of the season. So uh, dickhead of the season uh, mid-season so far. There's a few standouts here. We've got uh, Tonali for. <laughs> 
about getting involved in match well uh, betting betting scandal I mean come on guy like, yeah the, just the classic bet. betting scandal yeah. betting scandal and you know costing his club a record fee and then being banned you've got Jordan Henderson who spent a career being you know um, a gay rights advocate or whatever the case is and then goes to Saudi Arabia yeah it, it talks it turns out the dollars talk uh, louder than principles uh, yeah for Jordan Henderson yeah you got the Super League. You got the Super League trying to resurface and take over football again. So the dickheads there from, I guess, uh, Perez and Juventus. Can, can we for once maybe call uh, the uh, Glazers the non-dickheads here? They fired a statement out pretty quick saying they're committed to UEFA tournaments. Uh, yeah, but I think they were forced to because of the str- strong public reaction and outrage. Uh, that, mm. uh, but they were the only big club that did, no no the rest of the rest of them they, most of them did yeah well most okay, of them, after the first, that yeah, after yeah, they, they were the first, first yeah. yeah so I don't think I'll, trust me I don't think the Glazers had their choice they would be sure they weren't doing it out of the goodness of their heart or their high moral standing yeah that's correct that then there's an interesting one is Ian Basuma which I thought was hilarious the guy gets a red card serves his ban comes back I mean he's been playing fantastically up until that point plays well for a game or two gets another red card <laughs> so because it's his yeah. second red card of the season gets an extended ban then is off to AFCON so Spurs are ready without mm. a ton of players and Basuma being just reckless cost his team yeah. dearly so I, I mean I threw him in there sure also because he absolutely wrecked United that, uh, that game <laughs> uh, when he was <laughs> tremendous he, he, was, he was really tremendous I, I mean you know I, th- I think that was one of the early uh, one of Andrew's earliest games and, and him and uh, Saar just completely uh, demolished us yeah. and then last but not least uh, the expensive Jaden Sancho <laughs> Yeah. Who uh, you know has you know disrespected his team, his clubmates, the fans, by really going out and going against his manager in public? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's talk about it. I mean, what, what Ten Hag said, you know, and, and I mean, as I think a manager is uh, absolutely at rights to do. I think I think it was the press said, you know, why it was Jaden Sancho on the starting lineup, and he said, uh, well, in training he hadn't done as well as I would have liked. And, you know, Sancho obviously goes in a massive social media... Well, he, he pins, right, to the head of his, like, Twitter or whatever. I don't mean, uh, yeah. know Twitter works. But he, he pins the tweets basically firing back against the manager saying this is all lies and, and wrong. And, and then effectively goes on strike because, he, you know, mm. Ten Hag wouldn't let him back into the squad without an apology, which has just never been forthcoming. So, you know, I'm sure from Jaden Sancho's perspective, he's been... Uh, you know he's aggrieved and he's been done wrong and but I mean come on like it's just arrogance arrogance yeah right so so you've got we've got our contenders there who are you leaning towards here uh, you know I mean and maybe this is the Man United fan in me wanting to say uh, Jane Sancho um, you know I, I think it's 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 just unforgivable behavior to be honest and and I think it's just because it's also come off the back of obviously a couple of very disappointing seasons uh, and and a real question mark around you know it's not just that the manager said something and and he disagreed with the manager it's that the manager i think accurately identified that he just doesn't put in the effort i mean we, the stories have come out now that when he was at dortmund you know they, they literally had guys like on full-time having to like wake him up and get him to training on time you know yeah. st- stuff lack like that of so, yeah, lack of professionalism yeah. I, I think it's unforgivable um he's you know my my pick Right, I'm with you. Considering the price tag, and I think he's on—he's the top five highest-paid players in the league, yeah, uh, or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, Jaden Dej- Dej- Sancho, dickhead of the season. On to management of the season, Ruben. Tasty award here, oh, yeah. and we've got a got a short list of like six managers. We've got Gary O'Neill, who again took the down and out Wolves to I think the eleventh position mm. at the moment. Yeah. You've got the Messiah, David Moyes, West Ham in sixth position. You've got Klopp. 
Liverpool at top of the tree. Um, and then you've got Unai Emery with overperforming with Aston Villa. You've got Ange Postacoglu who's transformed Tottenham uh, and overperforming, you'd say. And then you've got my favourite, the Ginger Mourinho, who really has, you know, with a 10-point deduction, really turned around Everton. Mm. And not just turned him around, but playing interesting football. Yeah. And, you know, if his yeah, name they'd, was... They'd be sitting 10th, right? If his I name mean, was no. Sean Deserby, I think he'd be getting a lot more luck. <laughs> but I think, you know, Sean Dyche doesn't sound as sexy to, to people, so he doesn't get the love that I seem to, to give him. How are you feeling here about manager of the month, after, after, sorry, of the season so far? Who are you leaning towards? Look, I, I think, I mean, as I as I often say when it comes to, to picking this, and I think we did something similar to our end of season award show last season, I always like or, or fancy picking a guy where, where your overperformance of expectation is the highest, I think. And, and for me, yeah, I mean, Spurs, okay, they're sitting in fifth. I mean, that's kind of, you know, generally where they've been finishing for a while. So, like, yes, I think they have been performing really well, and, and I do think a lot of credit goes to Ange, but ultimately they're still sitting fifth. They probably have higher ambitions. Um, the, you know, the the one to me that stands out head and shoulders uh, is is Unai Emery. You know, I I, I think you know, we all said yes. Okay, he had a very good run at the end of last season. Got uh, Villa into the champ, well not Champions League, into the European places, and and a team that just Steven Gerrard had playing like donkeys. You know, so obviously the the turnaround. But but to be uh, genuinely on what I think could be a title challenge is not really something anyone saw coming, and and not with. Yeah, I mean, yes, some some good uh, some good buys and and yes, like you know, he's got some pretty good players, but, um, but no one world class. No one world class. You know, literally, yeah, no one world class. Uh, I mean, maybe you could argue Pau Torres had that kind of potential uh, growing up, and and that's what you know why people were relatively excited when he came in. But it was off the back also of a couple of pretty poor seasons. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, for me that's got to be the pick. Yeah. Okay, I I really want to consider Sean Dyche. In all seriousness, I think he's done. Hmm. I, 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 everyone thought Everton were doomed. I mean, again, so yeah, some before of a ten-point penalty, thought yeah, they were doomed. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. As, as as the season started, and not only has he turned them around, it's again they look great. And again, if expected points were a thing, they'd be high, even higher than they uh, in the table. You know, if you discount the. The, the deduction mm. so for me Sean Dash is up there but I, I'm with you I'll, 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 I'll uh, concede and give you the Emery one I think uh, Emery tremendous job and uh, mm. really really no, none of us saw that coming yeah yeah happy with that <clears throat> okay so let's go with to worst signing of the season <laughs> so um, we, we've got we've got a short list here for worst signing of the season a bit harsh but Hoyland one Premier League goal either way you slice it not good enough yeah yeah uh, I I Struggled putting him on there because I, I don't think it's... I mean, I think there's a lot of mitigating factors. Dysfunctional team. Yeah, yes, dysfunctional but, team. But, but yeah. you look at his big chances missed, you look at his underperformance of XG, even for a young player, even in that team, he should have buried at least a couple more chances. Okay. Uh, Matthias Nunes, hugely rated. Mm. One of the reasons we thought Wolves would, would be struggling, losing him, yeah, going to City, yeah. hasn't really done anything. No, he should have been a bit of a non, uh, non-entity, non-factor there. Yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> Eric Bailly. Was it Fenerbahce? No, Besiktas. Signing for Besiktas. And I don't know what happened there. Having his contract terminated in three months? I, I heard it was a combination of, I mean, the usual Bailly stuff. Just being dreadful, being injured, being everything. Being Eric Bailly. Yeah, being Eric, you know, just, just Bailly things. There's a subreddit dedicated to his, you know, breakdancing, Spider-Man acrobatics. Uh, go look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then there are others that come to mind. Um, Jackson, but we think I think that was a little bit harsh of us. Havertz, 
who to be fair you at the beginning of the season said you don't understand the signing yeah, yeah you, you you said you didn't understand it uh, amrabat sofian amrabat where a lot was expected having mm. played with ten Hag before thought that he could slot oh, in we, nicely we all saw the videos of him chasing down Lionel messi at the world cup on repeat yeah yeah um sandra tonali you know Newcastle signing the promising Milan. <laughs> yeah, there's the Pirlo, the kind of like, yeah. like, you know, slightly Walmart Pirlo, but, you know. Yeah. And then he turned out to be the, I don't know, the Bet365 Pirlo <laughs> instead. Uh, and then and then maybe controversially, but someone who you know I'm super high on, Moises Caicedo. Mm. And Moises Caicedo, it just hasn't worked so far. Chelsea, and, and, and maybe that's a bigger issue of a whole team being dysfunctional and trying things, trying to fit in. So And he's a young kid. So maybe we give him the benefit of the doubt. But who's your vote going for for worst signing? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I sort of am tempted towards, you know, I mean, not to harp on Caicedo, but there was a, a mighty transfer fee that they paid for him. Mm. You know, and, and like Chelsea have, for a team, I mean, we didn't even expect them to be this wretched, and they really have been. And, and uh, you know, I, I think... Yeah, it's like, but it is harsh. Um, you know, I think they have had a lot of injuries. I think it's been a disrupted team. You know, but then, I mean, yeah, I mean, we thought that Lavia Caicedo pairing was going to be, you know, something for the yeah, ages. Fernandez. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernandez, uh, you know, hasn't panned out, but I, I don't think. I, I think just for the fact that, you know, it's really hurt Newcastle. It's really hurt Newcastle. On top of all the injuries, uh, Tonali. Big Tenali, fee. Tenali 365. Yeah, Tenali 365. I think it's got to go to him. Yeah. You know, okay. I, I think at a time when, when Newcastle could not afford to lose another name, you know, he, he cost his team himself. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, let's give it to Andrew Tenali. Worst signing of the season so yeah. far. Okay, so best signings of the season. There's so many that stand out. Sure. Harry Kane doing Harry Kane things in Bayern Munich. Mm. Uh, on, on track to obliterate scoring records. Jude Bellingham just doing things we didn't know was possible with his positioning and almost centre-forward play, if you will. Ghosting into to space, scoring goals. Yeah, Madrid, I mean, as we, we, we've seen these inventing new positions, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Mohamed Kudus, after joining West Ham, just lit, lit, lit up the league. You mm. know, really been outstanding. Uh, it makes you wonder why the hell Ter- Eric Ten Hag signed Anthony. Because the links were there. The links were there for Kudus. And, uh, and I was supposedly already just not technically good enough. But I mean... But like, why did he, why did he sign Anthony over yeah. Kudus in the first place when mm. this is what you get from Kudus? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah. I, you know. And this is not a joke, people. But Johnny Evans, free signing, who we thought was a bit of a joke. We thought, haha, he's not really... He's going to mm. be there and he's going to train the kids or whatever. Johnny Evans was fantastic, and I thought he was robbed. I thought he should have been United Player of the Month in December. He's yeah. been he's been immense for Manchester United, uh, and and for a free signing and a guy of his age, just an incredible piece of business. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't think Evans was ever the fastest, but you know, he's he's and he's now really very yeah. not fast, but uh, but he's just shown his his football intelligence, you know, yeah. and I, I think really. Um, you know, I, I think there were probably a, a couple more proper batterings in the offering in, in the last while if, if he hadn't have performed how he did. And yeah, so I think surprised us all. Uh, definitely deserves to be on the shortlist. Okay. And then a couple I'm going to skim through here that I, I'm really surprised by. Sabazlai, again, we mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier. We touched on him. He's exceeded expectations. He's been tremendous yeah. and a key part of Liverpool's success. Cole Palmer... Another one that, like, I did not expect this from. He's looked terrific for Chelsea. He's one of the few players that has looked terrific. But we know this, those City rejects tend to do quite well. Uh, right? 
I, I guess I guess certainly not like Manchester United Richard, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure um, <laughs> but yeah no, he has looked good he has looked good João Pedro here's an interesting stat that I heard in all competitions apparently the only two players that have scored more than João Pedro are Erling Haaland and uh, Mohamed Salah and I think Pedro might be 20-21 yeah and he hasn't even I mean he's come off the bench quite often yeah you know? he hasn't so, even started always yeah. so tremendous job mm. from him uh, Declan Rice who I think has been immense okay big fee but immense and the next three, all, all, all four, all from Tottenham. For you know, uh, mm. Pedro Porro, fantastic, playing as a this inverted <laughs> fullback, whatever you want to call it, mm. midfielder, weird role, being super creative, especially without Madison being there. Uh, then you've got uh, Udogi, Destiny Udogi, who's mm. been just yeah, incredible yeah. at left back. You've got uh, Mickey van der Ven, who allowed them to play this crazy high line mm. and was tremendous, and then Madison. Um, of course, Madison, Van der Ven, both yeah, injuries. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they had strong starts, but difficult to, to make that call. And last yeah. but not least, actually the fifth Tottenham guy, Vicario. Mm. No one saw this coming. Mm. No one saw this. No one even knew who Vicario was. Mm. And, and and now there's talk of him pushing Donnarumma out of the yeah. starting lineup for Italy because he's mm-hmm. been that good. He's mm-hmm. been that good for, for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so for me, Vicario, really, really incredible uh, and great value signing. And, and essentially a team that's we spoke about Liverpool changing their defence. Tottenham uh, uh, changing their midfield. Tottenham have changed their defence. Yeah. Defensive unit. Yes, yes. Somehow, yeah. and it's been almost seamless. Who's your take for signing of the season, Ruben? Yeah, so we've got Madison, Van der Ven, Vicario, uh, the Spurs fullbacks, Rice, Ja Pedro, Palmer, Zabaslai, Johnny Evans, Kudus, Bellingham and Kane. You know, I... I, I... <laughs> I like. I would have really liked Madison as a pick. I just yes. don't think he's had quite enough time because he's he's you know out been injured for a, yeah he's yeah. been out for a while now. Um, it, it's an odd one, mainly because I, I thought it was a weird one at the time. I didn't really understand his role, um, but I think to the extent to which it's rejuvenated uh, Liverpool. I'm going to say Salvaslie, they're sitting at number one, and I don't think you know. I mean, you expected it, but I I think they've. I didn't expect yeah. it. I also mm. thought like great player, but mm. like. That's not what they need, and I didn't think he could do yeah. the role that he's fulfilling. So, yeah, yeah I, I, like, I kind of agree with you. I, I was leading to, I was leading to Vicario just because mm. I think he's been transformative for them for Spurs. But yeah, I can, I can see you're right. Liverpool are first. Sabah's so is their best midfielder. Sabah's so yeah. yeah, who, who has season. transformed them? Yeah, Sabah's so is. Although Johnny Evans, special mention, old yes. man Johnny Evans. Okay, <laughs> quickly, Premier League team of the season. Uh, we've got votes here from the three of us. Some slide myself and you. Um, who's your goalkeeper? So I've said Ariola, West, yeah, West Ham guy. He's got them in a really high position that I don't think we expected. Um, and West Ham have been really uh, stingy at the back. I okay. Think. Yeah. Well, you've been outvoted. We slide and I both have Vicario. Okay. So Vicario's our our starting um, our starting keeper. Right back. Who do you go for, Ruben? Uh, you know, I was torn. Obviously, um, Pedro Porro and uh, and Trent. Uh, I think they actually both ironically play quite a similar role because yes. they both like to invert and and then kind of pull the strings a little bit from the middle of the pitch. But I don't think Porro is as defensively vulnerable as Trent is. Still, I've seen a few terrible defensive performances from Trent this season. So I'm going to pick Pedro Porro. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that too much. But myself and Slide did go with Trent. Uh, I guess purely Liverpool best defense. Yeah, yeah, we we could have had a yeah clean sweep on Trent. Yeah. Okay, two centre backs. Who are your two centre backs? Uh, so I've got Pau Torres and uh, Van Dijk. Uh, obviously, there's a few other shots we could have had there. Van der Ven, I think, uh, but obviously been injured for a while now. Um, uh, Johnny Evans. <laughs> Johnny. Evans. Uh, yeah. No, but but in all seriousness, yeah, I think Van Dijk uh, is starting to find you know some of that form that's that's dragged Liverpool back to the top, and and yeah, Pau Torres for firing. Uh, okay. 
Slide, slide, and uh, slide, and I both had Saliba and Van der Ven. Mickey van der Ven as the centre back. Wow! So, so you've been outvoted. Comprehensively outvoted. Almost every position. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Slide and I agreeing. That's a worrying, worrying uh, stat. Uh, left back. Who do you have? Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Doggy's been uh, electric. Um, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, Stupinan had a good run at some point uh, earlier on the injured, season, but, but, but injured, yeah, but injured. Uh, so I think Doggy's got. Oh, take it so there. wow! Clean sweep. All of us had a Doggy as left back. That says something. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, central midfielder, a holding midfielder. Who do you have? Sure. Um, I, I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna say it as Rodri. Um, okay, clean sweep. We all have Rodri. Yeah, I, and I think you know. I think he demonstrated it when he was missing more than anything. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> His absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, who are your two? I guess your eights or your eight and your ten. Sure. Sort of. Yeah, I probably got an eight and a ten in in a Neto from from Wolves. I, I think has caused them to. Uh, you know, I, I'm just looking at. His performances have, have been a large part of why Wolves have not been the disaster that we thought they were going to be. Um, and in the absence of a lot of other, you know, big names from last season being there, I think he's he's had a, a really solid season. I think, you know, I mean, this is a bit of a wild card pick, but I, I think you've just got to look at who's changing things. And then uh, Madison at, at the, in the sort of 10 role. Okay, so just on, on, on that, um, this is where we're all completely different. So you've got Neto and, and Madison... Uh, Slide has got Odegaard and Paulinho. I guess he's got a double defensive pivot. Um, sure, yeah, he's probably yeah. got Paulinho, yes, and Rodri. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then I've got Rice and Sabuzlai. Sort of Rice as your more defensive minded eight, and Sabuzlai as your more offensive ten. Um, can we can we make some agreements? So Paulinho's out of the discussion. We don't need another defensive guy. So Paulinho's out. I think we discussed how Odegaard's dropped off. We feel like... You know, yeah, yeah, I think creation. Odegaard's not a great guy. Yeah, right. yeah. And if the games I've watched Odegaard play, he's, he's certainly disappointed me compared to last season, yeah. Uh, Sobersly, we felt signing of the season and almost transformative. Can you concede and give us Sobersly as one of the, the eights here in, in this team? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think the... You know, we haven't watched a lot of Liverpool play. I mean, I've, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't... I feel like the times I've seen him play, he has sometimes played off of the right. But yeah, no, sure. I'll, I'll take Salazar. Let's and, give it to him. And he can be the eight. And then I'll give you... Then we'll throw in Madison because while yes. he's been injured, wow. No, just but wow. he was electric. He, he was, was, yeah. He was phenomenal. Okay. Then we go to the front line. And that should be a bit simpler. Uh, on the right uh, wing, who do you have? It's tough to look past my Salah. Okay. Clean sweep. Everyone's got Salah. Um, on the left wing, who do you have? Uh, so left wing, I, I probably should give it to Son, but I, you know, I mean, I, I did say uh, Jeremy Doku is is the new Lionel Messi. So uh, just for a bit of a spice pick, that's that's my left wing. Okay, Slide and I agreed again on Son on the left wing, so we we're gonna ignore your spice pick. I think centre forward there might be a bit of uh, bit of discussion here. Who do you have as centre forward? Uh, again, the, the two I was torn about. Well, okay, let me say this: Harland again. Should, Again, could just well be in there. 14 goals in 15 games is still, you know, crazy numbers. Uh, but just because both of their teams have, have kind of be- done a lot better than I think we would expect. Jared Bowen and Ollie Watkins are in the conversation for me there. Um, and then I'm going to go with Bowen just because, I mean, that's not, you know, most teams don't generally score bags of goals, but he's pulling goals and he's pulling assists. Yeah. Um, a lot of flexibility. As you say, he can play off the right. He can play central. Um 
That's going to be my pick, yeah. Probably okay. a little bit of a, a bit of a, a hipster one, but sure. Bowen, yeah, he's, he's done. He's done mm. tremendous, and I can't fault your logic. Uh, slide has for Solanke, I guess similar reasons. Mm. Really overperforming mm. in uh, mm. helping fire Bournemouth up the table and yeah. Ariola after that terrible start. Don't forget to the season, you know the adjustment period they had with the mm. new manager, yes, the new yes, system. Yes, yeah. They've subsequently been firing. So slide, good pick on Solanke um, as a pure goal scorer. Um, I've gone with Watkins personally because I think vital cog to the way Villa play and, and you know, a budget cane, if you will, in that he has that ability yeah. to both, you know, uh, score goals and be a decent creator. And I think he's both his goals and assist numbers are pretty similar in the Premier League, so they're both kind of high. So while he may not have one overwhelmingly high number, his combined output, I think, is around 17 or 18 goals and assists combined. And I think Ollie Watkins makes for the ideal candidate to link up. You know, if you're going to be playing with next to Son and Salah, having someone who can pass those boys the ball seems like a, a decent option as well. So uh, I, I went for Watkins. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you went with Watkins as your second pick. So Yeah, Watkins you, was you, my sort of ba- yeah, ba- yeah, backup pick. But yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah, nine goals, eight assists. I mean, man, that's that's crazy numbers. I mean, yes, Bowen, sort of more, you know, 11 goals, which I think also, in a, as I say, in a Moyes team, really impressive numbers. But yeah, let's go with uh, Watkins. Okay, sure. So let's call it out. So the United Bias team of the, the half season as it were, Vicario in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold right back, William Saliba and uh, Mickey van der Ven, your centre-backs, Destiny Odogi um, as your left-back. Then you've got uh, Rodri, uh, Soberslai and Madison and James Madison. Actually, what is Soberslai's name? I was just about to say, is like Dominic. 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 Right. Yeah. Dominic. Rod- Rodri does it. We don't know a Rodri. Name. No, Rodri's just, just right. He's, he's, just, Rodri. he's from that part of the world where you just get one name. You get one name. He wanted to be Brazilian. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Mohamed Salah, Oli Watkins, and Hyungling Son. So that's a pretty tasty-looking uh, eleven, if I must say so. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I do wonder. I mean, Madison and Zabaslai, uh, a little bit unbalanced. I mean, I mean, that's what he was doing. He's 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 been that all action. Number eight, uh, mm. Sabasla, that is. Uh, and Madison's been, well, Madison, right? And look, I guess when you've got Rodri to mop up after the two of them, you... Yeah, you won't lose games. Forward. Yeah, you won't lose games. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's it. This has been a fun little exercise. I think we're looking forward to seeing what happens uh, in the next half of the season. How our predictions hold up as they go out, because it may change dramatically, you know, as these things go. Who knows what's going to happen um, and, and where things go, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. We've we've missed uh, we've missed having these weekly talks with you, dear listener. Um, but yeah, please, if you'd be so kind, follow us uh, wherever you follow the good podcasts. Give us ratings and on the socials if you if you can at the United Bias. Uh, until next time, goodbye. <laughs>